At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is our number three of the look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Greg Hoops, Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And we've got a great final hour for you right here on the look at an hour number two. We want to pitting on a lot of NBA as we're going to be seeing a lot of that Tuesday and Wednesday with the play in games. With that said, on Monday, we're going to be getting a little bit more baseball. So we're going to be getting a lot of the ball diamond here in the final hour, but we're going to be getting a little bit of a look at the Eastern Conference with regards to the NBA postseason as well. Ryan Rothstein, he does a great job with the Philadelphia CityCast. One of the nice things that we do over here at VEASAN, we've got so many different ones for so many different cities like Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C. list goes on and on. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about that. And if you're ever looking for those CityCasts, VEASAN.com slash podcast. We've got you covered all there. But that said, we're going to be hitting upon a lot of baseball in this final hour as well. And I'll give you guys my DK Nation pick if you want to missing that in hour number two as well. But when it comes to the MLB, you've got quite a few teams that they've got their first series of the season in the books, aside from a few. And one of those series that is going to be lingering from what we want to seeing over the weekend, that would be this Guardians versus Royals series. And I want to have taken the Cleveland Guardians on Sunday. That was one of the biggest snow sweat winners that you're going to get all season long. So hopefully you enjoyed that gift as we go 959960 on the betting board. And also keep in mind, with regards to the games that we're going to be seeing on Monday in baseball, lots of matinee games. You've got this game that's going to be going down at 2.10 p.m. Eastern time. Also at 2.15-ish p.m. Eastern time, you've got that Pittsburgh versus St. Louis game. So you do have a couple early ones, much like this one. But for the end, oh, wow, I nearly called them the Indians, the Guardians. I'm sure that I am not the only person that's going to be doing that. I'm sure many people out there. They're going to be calling them the Indians instead of the Guardians all season long. It's been a it's been a name that we have used for a very, very long time. So it is one of those things in which making the switch, it is going to be a little bit difficult. But with that said, so Aaron Savali is going to be going for the Cleveland Guardians. Meanwhile, you've got Carlos Hernandez, who's going to be going for the Royals and the Royals. They're finding themselves maybe between about a minus 105 to a minus 115 favorite. And with the Cleveland Guardians, they're going to be finding themselves anywhere between even money and minus 105. And man, I nearly made the slip up once again, but we took notes there. So give myself a little bit of credit there. But with Savali, it's been someone who has been able to post up really good records throughout his entirety at the big league level. But I do take a look at Aaron Savali and he's been a little bit lucky, in my opinion, to get the record that he has because he wound up having a 12 and five mark last season, but he 
take a look at an Ewan giving up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings. A guy that wanted posting up a relatively harebrained ERA as well, because I mean, last season he wound up having a registered right around four and a half ish or 3.84. And that was a little bit of an issue year before. It was more like a 474. And yet he was still able to pull out a relatively decent record there as well. But I take a look at Savali. Does a great job. Not necessarily giving out too many free passes. Right around 2.2 walks per nine innings last season. But only seven and a half strikeouts per nine. So that is something that winds up coming into play a little bit. Because this is a royal team that other than what you're able to get out of Salvador Perez. Who had 48 home runs last season. Not necessarily a team that is for power. But they're a team that they're not going to strike out a whole heck of a lot. Because you've got guys like Whit Merrifield. Adalberto Mondesi. You're able to throw in there. Someone like a Bobby Witt who wound up just coming up to the big league level. These guys, they don't have a ton of power, but they do a good job of being able to just get on base in general. And when they do wind up getting on base, they wind up utilizing their wheels. So if you're looking at a small ball team, certainly the Royals, one of the biggest examples of that. And you take a look at Cesar Hernandez or Carlos Hernandez, and he wound up doing a very solid job towards back half of last season for the Kansas City Royals. It was someone that wound up beginning his season out there in the bullpen he wanted making some long relief appearances wanted getting stretched out as a starter and in his 11 starts was able to really come through a lot of those wanted coming in the back half of the season and he was able to do a very good job especially at home as well because you take a look at him out of the bullpen versus at home or out of the bullpen versus as a starter and as a starter was really able to take hold was able to get most of his six and three record as a starter five and two posted up right around 355 era in those 11 starts, five home runs, give it up in 58 and a third inning. So I think that that's going to be terrific against a guardian team that I mean, we saw them putting up two touchdowns and a field goal against the Royals on Sunday. But prior to that, in the first two games, they wound up having just one run in the first two games. And that's always something that you want to take a look at with baseball because you always see teams at the end of the year, a lot of the best of them, they wind up being able to put up a little bit over five runs per game, like a 5.3-ish, something like that. And the worst teams, they're barely just below four runs per game. So the variance, it can be sometimes very extreme with regards to Major League Baseball. But I do think that the Royals are going to be able to do a relatively solid job with their bullpen. Jake Brents, along with Josh Samount, they're going to be out there in the bullpen for the team. And the Guardians, they did wind up having a top five bullpen with regards to ERA last season. They did wind up losing a couple pieces. Now, Emmanuel Classe is going to be back in fold. They didn't wind up having to use any of their trustworthy bullpen arms yesterday because... The game was just such a blowout that it wasn't even funny. And the Royals, they didn't have to either. You wound up seeing Brady Singer, a typical starter for the Royals, eating innings in like the seventh and eighth inning, which that's always very strange to see. So I think that that is an aspect that needs to be taken into account with this as well. But I do take a look at the Royals. I do think that they're going to be able to get a relatively solid start here out of Mr. Hernandez. I think the big question is, are they going to be able to get a little bit more offense than you wound up seeing in the first couple games of the series because it's a Royals team that they have put up four runs or fewer in every one of the games in this series other than the Guardians' massive explosion that we wound up seeing on Sunday. It hasn't been necessarily a lot of scoring either. So I do wind up seeing my total at an 8.3. I'm looking at this 8.5 that we're seeing right now. I'm looking under. And with the Royals, I feel like they should be a little bit closer to a minus 130 favorite. I feel like Savali is someone that he just gives up a little bit too much hard contact, does a solid job of not walking, guys, but fact that he does wind up getting a lot of strikeouts could wind up hurting him in this spot so I'm going to be taking a look at the Royals to go along with an under and then you've got the Boston Red Sox we're going to be in the road face off against the Detroit Tigers in another one of these earlier games this is going to be 2 10 p.m pacific time eastern time that is 5 10 as you got the Tigers playing us to the Red Sox with Michael Walker going for the Red Sox and Matt Manning going for the Detroit Tigers and 
for the Red Sox. At DraftKings, you're finding them at a minus 120. Lots of other books seeing them more around a minus 112 to a minus 118-ish. So you've got a little bit of a plus price here in a lot of places with the Tigers, and your total at a 9.5 juice is fluctuating a little bit. But when it comes to Boston Red Sox, I do like what I'm seeing out of this lineup. But what really goes under the radar with the Red Sox, and it can sometimes be a little bit hit or miss with them, that would be the bullpen. Garrett Whitlock was absolutely amazing for this team. Hirokazu Sawamura winds up coming in. He was able to give this team some solid innings as well. And I do think that the Red Sox are going to be able to do a good job of holding down the fort against a Tigers team that they just don't have a lot of power. Now, Spencer Torkelson, the very young first baseman for the Tigers, I think that he's got bright days ahead of him. I think that it could be a case in which second half of the season, he really is able to surge at a bunch of home runs. He wound up shattering at Arizona State, which that's where Barry Bonds wound up playing his college baseball. A lot of his old records, so that tells you just what sort of hitter he is in general. But obviously, the transition from college baseball to minors to the pros, that is a very big one. So I do think that that needs to be taken into account. Now, Javi Bias, he wound up having a terrific batting average in the month of September last season, was in the top five with that aspect, and has been able to really carry that over into Detroit. And then you take a look at the Red Sox and Michael Walker was unable to get the job done with the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Rays are able to get the most out of darn near all their starters. But that said, it is a case in which I do think that it is going to be helpful for him to go up against a team like the Tigers has been struggling a little bit more with offense. And you take a look at Waka. The one thing that you're able to say is that a few years ago, yeah, ironically enough, with Waka, had a walks problem. And, well, last year, he wound up having 31 walks and 124 and two-thirds innings. And completely acceptable there. Big thing is, he just wound up giving up the deep flies. 23 home runs in 124 and two-thirds innings, right around 1.8, 1.9-ish home runs per nine innings. Playing out there in Detroit, where it's a little bit cooler, it's a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, I think that that is going to be a good way for him to be able to start out the season. And then you take a look at this Boston Red Sox lineup, and you certainly have the masters out for this team. You've got a guy in Rafael Devers, who last season wound up having 38 home runs. Did a terrific job of being able to reach base. I do think that you're going to see a little bit of progression from some of their younger players like a Bobby Dahlbeck. Now, the one thing that you want to see with the Boston Red Sox, Trevor Story. Is it going to be a case in which he's actually going to play or not because he wanted being held out of Sunday Night Baseball with a non-COVID illness? I would expect him to be out of the fold. And honestly, you don't wind up really losing anything with Trevor Story out of the fold because he was playing in Colorado for so many years. I was just mentioning it with Holden Kushner in the last hour, by the way. Big thanks to Holden for joining me in the second hour of this show. But you just notice it with regards to guys that wind up playing for the Colorado Rockies. Those home and road splits are absolutely massive. And you wound up seeing it for Trevor Story last season. He wound up hitting at 296 when he was at Coors Field. And on the road, he wound up hitting. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At 2.03 now, to his credit, actually hit more home runs on the road rather than at home with a relatively equal amount of at-bats, but he just could not wind up being able to get on base in general when he was away from Coors Field. I think that that is a big aspect that you've got to be taking a look at with regards to the spots of Red Sox team, but still got guys like J.D. Martinez, Kike Hernandez, all these guys that do a solid job for the team. And I do think that the Tigers are going to be doing for a relatively solid year. I like the signings that they want to make. Ironically enough, former Boston Red Sox, Eduardo Rodriguez, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be making his start in this series at some point as well. But with that said, I just take a look at this Boston Red Sox team. I do think that you've got a little bit too much firepower with them. Wound up sending them more around a minus 124-ish favorite. So I'd be willing to take the money line here with the Boston Red Sox. And you might have setting my total at a 9.1. I do think that you're going to see a little bit of scoring. But when it comes to this early, these early season games, I do think that the weather is not necessarily taken into account as much as it should be. These games are very cold. Balls that wind up going out in June, July, August. They wind up dying at the warning track in a lot of ballparks like Minnesota, like Detroit, like even Boston. So I do think that that is something that is not accounted for enough. I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Boston Red Sox. And we took a look at a pair of American League games as it's been really intriguing to take a look at the first couple games of the season out there. I wonder if we wind up hitting the National League next as we've got a intriguing game between the San Diego Padres and the San Francisco Giants with a gentleman that winds up coming over from overseas making that start. So we're going to be talking about that next right here on The Look at on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for just $19. Our all-new digital MLB guide on Visa.com is available now in Edinburgh as features team previews and best bets for all 30 clubs, plus Jason Weigarten. He's got his MLB futures bets, trends, and so much more. Sign up today and get full access to VSIN through the NFL Draft for only $19. That is at Visa.com slash spring as it is the look at with myself, Greg Oops Spears, and holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. And always a pleasure to be joined by this gentleman. Ryan Rothstein does our VEASAN Philadelphia CityCast. That is in partnership with Bet Rivers. He does absolutely amazing work out there in the Philadelphia area. To be able to follow him on Twitter, that is at WiseRye. And Ryan, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Greg, always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure to have you aboard. And now the postseason is set. I'm sure that you haven't talked about this at all out there in the city of Philadelphia with regards to 76ers. So I know I'm asking a very new question here, but what are your expectations for the 76ers with regards to the postseason? Because I feel like the East is very much an open conference. I feel like you got a bunch of teams that are tightly knit together. It looks like it's going to be 76ers and Bucks in the first round of that series. And I think that might be a little bit of a tough matchup for them. Yeah, it looks like it's, uh, well, not it looks like, Greg, this is set now. It's the 76ers and the Toronto Raptors, and I was hoping for a miracle. Uh, Earlier Sunday night, I was really hoping for a miracle that the Memphis Grizzlies, who essentially sat everyone, and they were just pulling, like, Uber drivers off the street to to play in 
in the game against the Celtics, but uh, Celtics took care of business. So they move up in the standings now, but if the Celtics lost, the 76ers would have finished third and they would have had a seven game first round series against the Chicago bulls, which at least for myself here, I was praying and hoping uh, that the Sixers would draw the Chicago bulls because this Raptors series, Greg, I know the 76ers will have home court advantage, but I'm not feeling great about it. Toronto's a really tough draw. Yep. And it's going to be the bucks playing against the Chicago bulls, which boy, that is going to be very, very tough for the bulls with what we've seen out of them against teams with a winning record. And you just take a look at this Philadelphia 76ers team. Things were going absolutely tremendously the first few games after they wanted training for James Harden. What has really soured ever since those first few games that they wound up looking so great? Because, I mean, obviously Harden has been dealing with his injuries this last season. And Joel Embiid, he's been playing at an MVP level, probably not going to get it. It's going to be probably Nikolai Jokic. But with that said, despite the fact that Embiid and Harden have been able to put up the numbers that they've had, it just has not been a great blend recently for this team. No, it hasn't. Uh, you know, I, I deemed the first five games in the James Harden era when the 76ers went 5-0 and in that stretch, and albeit they played the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Knicks twice, I believe. But, hey, it was still fun at the time. Um, you fast forward now, and, and this, uh, this roster has holes, and, and those holes are sort of rearing their ugly head a little bit here down the stretch of the regular season. And, and you know what? Like, that, that's expected. I mean, I don't know if, if me or you, Greg, can think of a time in NBA history, recent or just in, in period, uh, when you make a trade like that, that significant of a trade mid-season. And you can't just snap your fingers and expect James Harden and Joel Embiid to uh, go on to an NBA championship or even come out of one of the toughest Eastern conferences, uh, I, I think, in, in recent history. It's going to be an absolute bear for this whole, this whole conference, but this team doesn't have shooting uh, and, and they don't have depth. And, and those issues have really stood out. And how much do you think it is that they did wind up trading away Seth Curry in that trade to be able to get James Harden? Because Curry is a guy that he is able to provide shooting. He was averaging right in the neighborhood of about, I would say 15 or so points per game for the Philadelphia 76ers. And when he wound up going away, I mean, first few games were going hard. We're going well with Harden, but with that said, I feel like they're really missing him right now. It feels like, and I'm stealing this quote from uh, one of my friends here locally, but uh, it feels like they just rearranged the furniture on the Titanic, the, the 76ers, because right now, Greg, everyone in Philadelphia is talking about a lack of shooting and the backup center. And that is quite literally what they gave up to bring in for James Harden, uh, as you mentioned. So, man, if you could get Curry and Drummond back, I would feel a hell of a lot better about the 76ers team right now, but not the case. So they, they just don't have enough. Like, I'll, I'm going to be completely blunt and honest right now. It, it's it's going to be an absolute 12-round bout against the Toronto Raptors. Hopefully they can come out on top. Uh, I think that's going to go seven games, and then – it's going to be tough for them to get past the second round. It's just, they just don't have enough this year. It's, it's going to be really, it's going to be a big ask, Greg, on Joel Embiid and James Harden. And how much noise do you think the Raptors can make if they wind up getting past this, past this round? Because I take a look at the Raptors and I do think that they're a relatively solid team. They wind up entering in having won eight out of their last 10 games and Pascal Siakam 
has been absolutely incredible for this team. But I do feel like there is a little bit of a lack of firepower moving forward if the Raptors do wind up being able to win a round or two in the postseason because I take a look at what's on deck for them. You take a look at all the other teams out there in the East, and I don't think that they necessarily stack up the best. No, they don't. Uh, listen, they are very well coached, and I still think they've, certainly this year, they've gotten slightly overlooked, uh, you know, because Kawhi's not there anymore. Uh, so they still get a little bit disrespected uh, or overlooked, like I mentioned. But, you know, if they were to advance over the 76ers, let's just say hypothetically in the first round, they're going to have a matchup against Miami or the Brooklyn Nets, most likely. Uh, that's what's going to be waiting for them. And, and I don't see them winning four games out of seven against either of those teams, Greg. Yep, I'm right there with you. And when it comes down to it, we don't know if we're going to get it yet or not because obviously we got the playing tournament. But the expectation is we might wind up getting that Nets versus Heat series. And if we do wind up getting that series, I do think that there's a good possibility that we wind up seeing the Nets getting knocked off. I mean, the Heat, I feel like might be the most disrespected one seed I've ever seen with regards to the NBA playoffs. Certainly, they do have their issues. You wind up seeing it down the stretch, a little bit of a lack of outside shooting outside of Tyler Hero, who's been absolutely amazing for this team. But I do take a look at this Heat team, and I do think that there is a little bit to what they've been able to drum up this season, a little bit to the culture. And I think that it's going to be a tough out for anyone they wind up facing. And I'm just so in disbelief that when you take a look at a lot of these books, the one seed winds up being like fourth or fifth in a lot of them to be able to win their own conference. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, the Nets have had one of the, uh, you know, they've been first, second, or third as far as the best odds come out of the Eastern Conference the entire season. And they have basically been seven, eight, nine, or even as low as 10th in the East. And people are still sitting here saying, man, that 10 seed, <laughs> watch out for that 10 seed. I'm telling you, they can win it all. And listen, I'm well aware of Kevin Durant and his ability. I'm well aware of Kyrie Irving and his ability. But just like I talked about the 76ers and their inevitable death and early exit in the postseason, uh, playoffs, I should say, because the play-in is now deemed the postseason. It's confusing. We don't have enough time for that. But um, the, the Nets, they're not going to snap their fingers here uh, and and let KD and Kyrie win them three or four series in the playoffs. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to have an early exit. Yep, I'm right there with you. I mean, you even take a look at the Nets and the fact that last week in a game against the Atlanta Hawks, Kevin Durant puts up a double nickel and they wind up losing that game. I think that says all that you need to know about the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that much like you were talking about with the Philadelphia 76ers, you do have to take a little bit of a look at chemistry when it comes to the NBA. Now, in the NBA, talent typically does win out a little bit more, but I still think that chemistry, no matter the level of basketball, anywhere from peewee up to the NBA, it does mean something. And these teams that they wind up adjusting a little bit more on the fly, these teams like the Brooklyn Nets, that the only guy that has missed fewer than 10 games this season is Patty Mills, are teams that you want to be fading a little bit more. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more, Greg. I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's star talent. Like you mentioned, that's, what's going to get you a championship at the end of the day, but the chemistry matters in the playoffs. Defense matters in the playoffs. I know there's a lot of criticism on the NBA regular season, but it turns into a different sport come playoff time. I, I really do believe that. And there's been recent reports about one Ben Simmons potentially making his debut game one 
uh, round one if the Nets are to get out of the play-in tournament, which we're all just assuming they will. But, uh, man, good luck integrating Ben Simmons, Brooklyn. Good luck. (laughs) Yep, it's one of those cases in which certainly Ben Simmons has a lot of talent, but at the same time, the last time we wound up seeing him at the floor, he was too afraid to take layups because he didn't want to be shooting the ball in general, a great defender, but... A little bit of an aspect of basketball is that you can't win games if you don't wind up putting the ball in the basket. And, well, Ben Simmons has had a little bit of a tough time doing so. A man that always puts the ball in the basket whenever he joins this show. That would be you, Ryan. Always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you, Greg. Nothing but net there from Ryan Rossi, and he does absolutely terrific work with the Philadelphia CityCast. Part of what we do over here at Visa, we've got one for so many major cities like Chicago, Washington, D.C. list goes on and on. Coming up next, we're going to be hitting the ball diamond, and, well, we've got some National League action that is going to be going down next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Flash door. In the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft is right here in lovely Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, who's a former NFL GM, he's going to be giving his draft analysis. Beeson host Mike Pritchard, he's a former first round pick and a guy that wanted doing a lot while he was at Colorado. Then you got Sean King, a former Super Bowl winner. He is going to be giving you insights on what you're able to bet on. We've also got the legend himself, Brent Musburger, the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's going to be giving his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VEASAN now through the NFL Draft. That's for just $19, and that is at VEASAN.com slash spring. As it is a look at with myself, Greg Eubes Pearson, and great to get Ryan Rossi on board. He does a great job with the Philadelphia CityCast over here at VEASAN, powered by Bet Rivers. He delivered in the last segment some great information on what we're going to be seeing with regards to the Eastern Conference playoffs and what we can expect out of the Philadelphia 76ers, which has been quite a saga. And I'm sure that he's looking forward to being able to talk a little bit more. Phillies wound up breaking down that game a little bit earlier, but we've got a few other games on the MLB betting board that we have to take a look at here in the final two segments of the look at as we've got a lot of baseball action going down on Monday. Tuesday is when the NBA play-in tournament is going to be getting started. So, I have a lot of NBA all throughout the day here at VEASAN, so I'm going to have you guys locked and loaded with that aspect and want to break in down those games in our number two as well. But how about if we wind up taking a look at a game that is going to be played out west on Monday? This is 957-958 on the betting board. The San Diego Padres, or as they were known in 2020, the Slam Diego Padres, they're going to be in the road. They're going to be playing as the San Francisco Giants. It's going to be Alex Wood hitting the mound for the Giants. Meanwhile, you've got Nick Martinez, Pitching in his first game since 2017 in the States after he spent some time in the NPB, which that stands for the Nippon Baseball League of Japan. And right now you are not shockingly finding the Giants as a little bit of a favorite. You're finding them hovering between about a minus 135 to a minus 145. And then with the Padres, right around plus 125, plus 130-ish. But you're going to be finding on them 8.5 is your total with juice in a lot of spots, shaded a little bit more to the under end. I do think that this is an intriguing spot because Martinez absolutely tore it up when he was in the MPB last season, but we have seen a lot of guys go from the MPB to Major League Baseball and just have a complete and utter lack of success. I think that something that needs to be taken into account when it comes to the MPB is that they are now the only league pretty much in the world that 
still has the pitcher's wind up hitting as you've got one out of the two leagues in the MPB. I'm not sure which one it is, but you've got one out of the two leagues that they still are sort of like Major League Baseball. They wind up having pitchers wind up hitting, and you've actually got him coming in from the South Bank Hawks. He wound up having a 10-5 and record, buck 62 ERA, so was really able to mow them down. Did a solid job of not giving up a lot of home runs, but got to feel like it's going to be a little bit tough for a guy that couldn't even get nine strike cuts for nine innings to be able to put it past guys in the MLB. Nick Martinez, you take a look at what he did in the majors prior to going over to Japan. 17 and 30, 477 ERA. Now, his command has gotten a little bit better since going over to Japan, but was never much of a swing and miss guy. Right around five strikeouts per nine innings, and I expect a lot more of that now that he has returned here to the MLB. And then you take a look at Alex Wood. A little bit of an up-and-down season for him. He was having an ERA that was hovering right around a 3-8-ish, so and certainly far from terrible, but it does leave a little bit of something to be desired. Now, good news for Alex Wood is that going to be backed up by a bullpen that was number one in all of baseball with regards to ERA last season. The only bullpen that had a sub three ERA at a 299. And you do take a look at Wood in 26 starts, 10 and four record. The big thing with him is that he is able to give you right around 10 punch outs per nine innings. Does wind up getting it around a little bit, a little bit over eight hits per nine innings, but being backed up by that bullpen and facing off against Padres team that is a little bit banged up. That is going to be helping him out as well. You take a look at this San Diego Padres lineup and they did wind up putting 10 runs up on the board when they wound up playing against the Arizona Diamondbacks on Sunday, but not having Fernando Tatis Jr. out there, that is certainly going to be hurting the seam a little bit. It's a situation where you catch your spot. It's been a little bit of a hot mess for them in recent years. They've been trying to be able to shore that up. They still had their issues with that aspect. Eric Hosmer, give him credit. First couple games of the season, he's looked relatively solid, but that has been a big giant waste of money for this team as well. Jake Cronenworth is a guy that I like. Good versatility is able to get on base, but Guys like Jerickson Profar, Trent Christian, Will Myers, guys that in recent years have had their shortcomings to say the least out there in the outfield. They're going to be interesting question marks. Matt Beattie, I do not believe has taken the field yet this season for the San Diego Padres. If he did, it was just in this most recent game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I do think that he's going to be an important cog for the team because I take a look at him and I do think that he's going to be able to bring a little bit more, I guess you could call it stability, for the San Diego Padres team, which I feel like is a little bit more feast or famine. And then you take a look at the flip side for the San Francisco Giants. The way that this roster has been set up and the way that Gabe Kapler manages, he winds up using platoon splits very, very well. Guys like a Darren Ruff, who is able to give you a home run every 13 or so at bats. That is massive. Mike Ustromsky didn't do a great job of being able to get on base last season, but he was really, if you look at the advanced numbers, unlucky and still a guy that was able to slug out north of 20 home runs. Jock Peterson, Austin Slater, they do a good job of being able to platoon together. And then Thario Estrada, who's been filling in for Tommy Lasella. He's already got a home run this season. Wilmer Flores has been able to do a solid job once he wind up getting Lasella and Evan Longoria back. It's going to be even more rock solid, but all these guys that are in the bullpen of the San Francisco Giants, Dominique Leon, Jose Alvarez, Zach Liddell, Camilio Duvall, these guys are all rock solid. And for the Padres, they did wind up having to use up quite a few bullpen pieces on Sunday because Blake Sell was supposed to make the start. And you see this like three, maybe two, maybe four times a year if you're lucky where a guy winds up being slated as a starter. He's all good to go. And then whether it be in like the side bullpen session or when he's winding up warming up to be able to make his first pitch of the game, winds up getting hurt. That's what wound up happening to Blake Sell. So they wound up having an impromptu bullpen game with DeBell Crisbet having to fill innings for them. So that was not necessarily too great for the San Diego Padres. So they're going to be a little bit more depleted with that regard. So I do think that that gives a nice little advantage here 
for the Giants. With the Giants, I was willing to lay up to about a minus 146 on the money line right now. The minus 145 at DraftKings that we're seeing, that is pretty much a higher watermark that we're seeing out there on the board. And I would be willing to lay it. 145 would be the max. Chop around, try to find maybe something more like a 140, 142 if you're able to, but would be willing to lay a 140 here. Do you mind saying my total at an 8.1 as well? Nighttime game out there in San Francisco. Ball winds up dying quite a bit out there in the air in the West Coast in general. I do think that that is something that doesn't necessarily get factored in enough when it comes to these early games, which is why you oftentimes seem see a big binge on under so gonna be taking a look at this little under and gonna be taking a look at the san francisco giants how about if we wind up going to the american league and this is going to be a fascinating one as well this is going to be the last game of this series between the seattle mariners and the minnesota twins 967 968 on the bang board as chris flexen goes for the mariners and dylan bundy for the minnesota twins and the twins are finding themselves as high as a minus 130 favorite seeing a lot of minus 125s and then your total on this game, you're going to be finding it right around a nine with the juice to the over. And now that we've seen quite a few places actually get this north of a minus 118 in some spots, I'm going to be taking a look at the Seattle Mariners. We've actually seen money coming in on the Minnesota Twins, and I have no idea why, because Dylan Bundy has pitched more like Al Bundy in recent years. This guy has been absolutely terrible. He was 2-9 and nine with a north of 6 ERA last season. This is a guy that you cannot trust in whatsoever. Meanwhile, Chris Flexen, he did pitch a little bit better at home rather than on the road, but even though he's a little bit of a pitch-to-contact guy, a guy that did a solid job giving up a little bit less than a home run per nine innings, you know that he's not going to walk anyone right around two walks per nine innings. Meanwhile, Mr. Don't Call Me Al Bundy, three and a half walks per nine innings. He wound up giving up two home runs per nine innings. Just one of the most atrocious seasons I have seen from a starting pitcher in quite some time last season. And, and in 2020, he actually had a relatively decent season, but I think that that is a little bit more of an anomaly because... Obviously, it was a 60-game season, and that's the only time in his career he registered south of a 4 ERA. It was a 6.06 last season. Now, I do think that a change of scenery and being able to pitch out there in Minnesota, which is very much more pitcher-friendly, going to be a lot about, but with the Seattle Mariners, this is a team that has an uncanny ability to be able to win one-run games. Since the beginning of the 2021 season, 35-19 and 19 in one-run games. That is by far the best mark you're going to find out there in all major league baseball. And it's a team that has been able to do a good job of being able to retool their lineup as you wind up bringing in Adam Frazier, a guy that hit 300 last season, Jesse Winker, Winker and, he, and Eugenio Suarez. Both of these guys, they wind up coming in from the Reds. Suarez, not a guy that's going to hit for average. Winker is, and Winker is going to be able to supply the boom. Suarez is a guy that's good for 30 home runs on any given year, and you've got to expect that Jerry Kelnick is going to be able to pick it up as well. Then you take a look at the flip side where you're able to get out of the Twins and Got a lot of feasts or famine bats. Guys like a Miguel Sano. You're able to take a look at some of these other guys with regards to the lineup. And some of them are going to be able to supply the boom, give you a bunch of home runs. Max Kepler, you got to throw him in there as well. And some of them, well, you're not going to get a lot out of them. You got a lot of guys that they wind up hitting for power, but not necessarily a lot of average. They don't necessarily do the world's greatest job of being able to draw walks. Now, Luis Arias is able to set the table. And Byron Buxton, already three home runs this season. He's one of the best players in all of baseball, in my opinion. But you also give the edge to the Seattle Mariners bullpen. Guys like Drew Steckenrider, even a Paul Seawald, have been able to step up for the team. The Twins wind up getting rid of Alex Colme, which honestly, I don't think that that really hurts them a lot as well. But Caleb Theobar and company don't necessarily trust in their bullpen as much. And certainly don't trust in Mr. Dylan Bundy. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Seattle Mariners in this spot. And I do think that that coldness that you're going to be finding in Minnesota going to be taken hold with regards to this total. I'm going to be looking at the under end in the final segment here of the look at going to be taking a look at my DK Nation pick in baseball right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 
This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. This is the final segment of the look at right here on VSN, the sports betting network. And we've hit upon a little bit of everything tonight. Reacted to the Masters, take a look at all four games in the NBA play-in that is going to be coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. And We've taken a look at quite a bit of baseball that we're going to be getting on Monday. A lot of what we're going to get, be getting on Monday is on the ball diamond. So we're going to be hitting that here on the final segment. What I all like with regards to the card that we're going to be seeing. And how about if we start with the play that I'm going to be writing up for DK Nation. And that is out there with one of our interleague series. That is 971-972 Rockies and Rangers. Going to be doing battle in Texas. Home at Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Opener for the Rangers as you got Taylor Hearn going for them and Austin Gomber is going to be going for the Colorado Rockies. We've seen quite a move on this game. This wound up opening up a relative pick depending upon your juice between minus 105 and minus 110 on both sides now. We see the Texas Rangers in a lot of spots, anywhere between about a minus 123 to a minus 130-ish favorite. And with regards to the Rockies, anywhere between about a plus 110 to a plus 119 high mark that I'm seeing with them with a total between 9.5 and and 10. If you're seeing a 10, probably got heavy juice to the under. But I take a look at this game, and I think that you've got to continue what was very profitable last season. Taking a look at the Rockies on the road and fading them, especially in game one, I do think that there is something to... Teams being just adjust to teams just being affected in general by the elevation adjustment. You even wind up seeing it with teams that they wind up going on the road to face off against the Colorado Rockies and Coors. That first game that they wind up leaving Coors, typically they do wind up having their struggles. And I think that that is going to be the case for the Rockies. They were 26 and 54 on the road last season. Certainly far from great. And you do take a look at this Texas Rangers team in the final 19 appearances that Taylor Hearn wanted making last season. He wound up giving up three runs or fewer in 17 of them, right around a 4.05-ish ERA. And he's a guy that he's going to be able to give you some relatively okay length. And he's backed up by a bullpen that not going to call them great or anything like that, but certainly a better bullpen than the Rockies, who were in the bottom five with regards to bullpen ERA last season. Rangers more around 16th, 17th. Guys like a Joe Barlow are able to give you some solid innings for this Texas Rangers bullpen. They did wind up losing a couple pieces at the trade deadline last season, but I do like what I've seen out of some of the young guys, Dennis Santana, could sometimes be a little bit of a roulette wheel, but you saw it actually on Sunday where the Texas Rangers, six scoreless innings from the bullpen after Spencer Howard, he did not wind up having a great performance. And for the Rangers, after the all-star break last season, they did wind up having the worst offense in all of baseball in terms of runs per game, but they addressed that in the offseason, signing Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon to some big giant deals. Simeon, 45 home runs while he was with the Toronto Blue Jays last season. 
Then you take a look at Corey Seager. Wound up being a little bit banged up last season, but still hitting above a 300. And with the Colorado Rockies, with regards to home and road splits, they've got the most demonstrative with regards to runs per game. At home, they were number one in the National League with regards to runs per game, right around 5.6. On the road, they wound up scoring more around 3.53 runs per game. And that was the second lowest in all the big leagues. You just take a look at some of these guys. CJ Krohn, he wound up having 19 out of his 28 home runs coming at home last season. Charlie Blackman wound up hitting just two home runs away from Coors Field last year as well. A lot of these guys wind up seeing a dip in batting average by more than 50 points when they wind up leaving Coors Field. That is a big concern that you've got to be having with this team. And I do think that it also gives you a little bit of value with the under. I wound up taking, with regards to the DK Nation pick, the money line because you could only take one of them here. But it also wind up setting my total at an 8.7. I do recognize the fact that the Texas Rangers, they wind up bolstering their lineup a little bit more. And... It is a case in which when the roof is open with regards to Texas, which it is probably expected to be. You don't necessarily have said information in a lot of places with regards to roof being open and closed. I always try to follow team Twitters to be able to find out about that because that is always a little bit of a tricky aspect. But that said, I do think that it is a case in which Texas is still going to be able to do a solid job of holding up against a Colorado Rockies team that we're going to call it what it is. Offense away from home just in recent years in general, not just last year, but just throughout the course of time, whenever they wind up leaving Coors Field, just has a tough time being able to adjust. So I do think that you've got some solid value here with a Texas Rangers team that, along with their big acquisitions, guys that are relatively young, like Adelise Garcia, being able to help out with regards to that, going to be big for them. So DK Nation pick is going to be on the Texas Rangers on the money line, and I'm going to be taking a look at an under as well. And we've seen quite a bit of line movement when it comes to this game as well. LA Angels are going to be playing us to the Miami Marlins. This is 973, 974 on the betting board as this is another interleague game as Michael Lorenzen is going to be going for the Angels and Eliezer Hernandez is going to be on the bump for Miami. Nine and a half is the total and with the Marlins going to be finding them anywhere between plus 123 and plus 129 and when it comes to the uh, LA Angels, going to be finding them anywhere between about a minus 137 to a minus 145 and I think it's intriguing to take a look at Michael Lorenzen because I'm going to lay up to a minus 148 with him. Angels are a team that they wound up getting off to a little bit of a rough start, but you may recall in our number one, I talked about this with Dave Tooley. We oftentimes find teams that wind up losing the first series of a season. They wind up being able to bounce back and they wind up getting pretty badly undervalued. And to take a look at Michael Lorenzen, a guy that spent a little bit of time as a starter in the beginning part of his career with Cincinnati, he wound up being a little bit of an offseason acquisition, but I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job of just being able to hold down the fort. His walks per nine rate was relatively high when he was a reliever, but also keep in mind when you're a reliever, you are willing to waste pitches a little bit more. Your big thing is be able to keep the ball in the yard, not like the game on fire. And I do think that Lorenzo is going to be able to do that. And then with Eliezer Hernandez, very intriguing to take a look at him because he has been with the Marlins for a few seasons now, a kid with pretty electric stuff, but is a guy that wound up giving up 2.3 home runs per nine innings last season. That is an issue. And going up against an LA Angels team that I do recognize that guys like Brandon Marsh, you're able to throw in there some of these other guys like a David Fletcher, who was literally one of the worst bats in all of baseball in the second half of the season last year. You're able to throw in there Joe Adele. He is not setting fire to the rain at this point. Guys like that, they have not been able to give much help to Mike Trout and Shoei Otani. But the good news is you've got Mike Trout and Shoei Otani, which... That always helps you out. You got to pencil in Otani for most likely 35 plus home runs. Same for Mike Trout. Trout is going to hit for a little bit of better average, but these guys should be rock solid. And 
for the Angels. It is a little bit of an issue that you don't necessarily have the world's greatest bullpen, but with the Miami Marlins as a team, their ERA-wise are going up about a point and a half higher when they are away from home because they do play at one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in all of baseball. And for the Angels, even though the bullpen is not necessarily terrific, they did wind up bringing in Aaron Loop in the offseason, a guy that had, not even kidding here, a one ERA while he was with the New York Mets. And Rossio Iglesias had a little bit of a rough go of it to begin last season, but really became one of the best relievers in all of baseball last season as well. You do have a Miami Marlins team that they were able to have a relatively solid showing against the San Francisco Giants, but the offense is something that's going to be a little bit of an issue for the team as you got guys like Jorge Soler, who he wound up having a great end of the season. We saw what he was able to do in the World Series. Jacob Sellings, he winds up coming in as well, but we still got a lot of question marks with this team, a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot of power, and I feel like the Angels are going to be able to get to a guy that winds up giving up a few more home runs they should in LA's or Hernandez. They wind up saying my total at an 8.6. I do think that it is important to take a look at the nighttime with regards to a lot of these West Coast ballparks. And the ball just doesn't fly the same as it does during the daytime. So I'm going to look at an under and I'm going to look at the Angels in this spot. And one more before we wind up getting out of here on this one with the Blue Jays in the road to face off against the New York Yankees. This is 965-966 with Alec Manoa going for the Jays and Jamison Tyon. Going for the Yankees, and you've got a relative pick em game here. At DraftKings, it's minus 110 on both sides. And you're going to find that with both of these teams. You're going to find pretty much as high as a minus 110 on the juice. You're going to find as good in some spots as right around a minus 102-ish. But I do take a look at this Yankees team, and I do feel like they should be valued a little bit better because you do have a Yankees team in which Jameis Satayon wound up having some very good home and road splits, wound up having an ERA that was full two points lower at home rather than on the road. And then you take a look at Alec Manoa. His ERA nearly doubled when he was away from home. Now, as a rookie, was able to do a very solid job for the team last season. No question about it. He's got very live stuff. Is able to give you north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He does a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard as well. Wanted giving up right around one home run per nine innings, but also led all the American League with regards to hit batsman as well. This is a guy that can occasionally get wild a little bit more than three walks for nine innings, and you're going up against a Yankees team that they've got a bunch of boppers. Now, it is a team that could be a little bit feast for famine as a result because guys like Joey Gallo wind up striking out a whole bunch, but I do like the fact that you've got Anthony Rizzo in there, Gio Urshela being lost. That's going to be hurting this team a little bit, but do take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. This is a team that they've got a very good lineup with guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr., who are able to do a great job with not just the power, but able to get on base as well. You're able to say the same about J. Oscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel. He has been very good at being really, I always call them a doubles guy with regards to the Toronto Blue Jays team. But with regards to the New York Yankees, I do think that they're going to get to a bullpen of the Blue Jays that it still has its question marks. They wind up having to dig into it very deep in the game that they wound up playing against the Texas Rangers because Hunjin Ryu, he did not wind up blending a lot of length, only wound up going three and a third innings in that contest and having to travel from the country of Canada, having to go over to New York. That is going to take a little bit out of this team as well. Now, the Sunday night baseball aspect needs to be thrown in for the Yankees, but fortunately, they don't have to travel in this spot as well, which is why I do wind up mitigating it a little bit more. They're able to sleep in their own bed, so that does wind up helping them out a little bit. But the Yankees as a minus 114 favorite, so going to be one to lay it here. And I did wind up saying this total at an 8.8 as well. So that's what we've got there. And what we got here at VEASAN is you guys covered all throughout the NBA playoffs, all throughout the MLB season as well. That is the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN. This. This.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.